Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am coming at you from some random place in the middle of nowhere. I'm in like a, I'm in a parking lot of a restaurant, um, so it's not completely in the middle of nowhere, but I'm um, getting some car work done, and it felt like the perfect time to record a podcast episode. So uh, look, the, the day this podcast episode airs is July 1st, and if you're a Canadian, that is a very significant day, because that is Canada Day, that's Independence Day, so... Um, it inspired a little bit of content, uh, or uh, it inspired the content we're going to go through today. Uh, but let me just first by saying a big thanks to all of you who are um, subscribing, who are reviewing, who are rating, and um, and sharing the podcast. It just means the world to me. And um, I heard another really cool story um, about a, a client of mine, actually. He shared uh, one of these podcast episodes with his friend, the one about fetishes, and the friend just found it incredibly helpful. And I just had a little celebration when I heard that. I'm like, that's what this is about. It's really about helping people in any way I possibly can. And um, it just it encourages my heart. So thanks, thanks to those of you who have been doing that. And, um, and I love hearing these stories, as you can tell. So never hesitate to throw me an email and, uh, and let me know, uh, you know what, what you found helpful about the show, um, any way that it's, uh, it's benefited you or things that you would like to see in the show. Um, if there's a way I can better serve you, please let me know. Uh, I would love that. Okay, today we are talking about um, understanding the impact of culture on porn viewership. And it's a really interesting conversation because as we know, like porn viewership is not, it's, it's just not what people think it is at an external level. At a, at a surface level, you look at porn addiction, you think, yeah, this person, you know, oh, we're sexual beings. So we gravitate towards porn and then it's obviously like gives us the dopamine rush. So we keep coming back to it. That's porn addiction. Ta-da! Like wrapped up in a nice little bow. Everybody understands porn addiction and all you need to do is just break the habit and replace it with healthier things and whatever. Um, all of these things factor in. But, but the, the problem is, and I've, I've mentioned this several times and you will continue to hear me say this several times. Porn is fake intimacy. Porn is fake intimacy. So if we are finding ourselves gravitating towards fake intimacy, it begs the question then, why? Why is it that we are number one, intimacy deficient? And number two, why have we chosen porn as the way to solve that deficiency? So those are the questions that we're, that we're always asking. And this is where culture really can come into play. Um, now, culture differences are, are, are all around us. And I live in Toronto or near Toronto, which is considered like the multicultural mecca of the world, really. It is, I believe, 50% of Toronto's population was born in another country. Not another city, another country. So that, that's the level of immigration that we have here. And so, uh, you know, you kind of see the whole gamut. But I myself am, am Indian. My parents are both Indian. My mom uh, was born in India, but then was really raised in Malaysia. 
Um, but her roots are Indian and my dad was, was born and raised in India until he was 18. And then they both immigrated over. Uh, my dad first, when, like I said, when he was a teenager, he did his university here got um, settled in his career and then had an arranged marriage with my mom, which we'll have to talk about more another time. Um, but that he had an arranged marriage and that's what brought my mom over. And that was, I think, five or six years later after he had immigrated here with his family. So that should give you an idea like that alone shows like, wow, there are some real cultural differences between people because I'm going to guess for most of you listening, uh, at least based on what I know of the analytics, most of you guys come from cultures or countries where an arranged marriage would not be normal. And I obviously didn't grow up in a place like that either. I grew up in Canada and, and here, you know, we have choice. Uh, not that sounds, That's not right at all. <laughs> it's not that you don't have choice in arranged marriage, but here it's, it's exclusively really the decision of of the person themselves and sure the family will have some say in the matter and whatever else but they're not the ones making the decisions and they're not heavily involved in the selection of a spouse so all is to say is you know when you look across the board you look across the world you have all of these different cultural systems and values and um i think there's beauty in that you know i love the diversity i love trying different foods and I love hearing different languages and I love learning about what, what an upbringing is like for somebody in Croatia versus somebody in Venezuela versus somebody in Uganda, you know, versus somebody in India versus Canada versus America. Uh, it, it's just, to me, it's fascinating and I think we have so much to learn from everyone. And, and so we, we kind of walk this line of having uh, the beauty of diversity and then uh, unfortunately we also see the division that is caused by our differences. People fight uh, and go to war over, over territories. Um, you know, uh, my parents being Indian, there's, there's weird hostility with Pakistan. You know, it's kind of just in, in the water a little bit. Uh, I have no affiliation with those, those kinds of adversarial aspects of our culture. But um, my wife is half Pakistani. So it's interesting having conversations with my mother-in-law and it's kind of it's kind of apparent that like okay if if we were to really get into certain subjects we could we could really be at odds with each other, so divert or uh, differences can bring diversity, and they can bring division, and all of this is is to basically lead to this one point, um, our responsibility, our responsibility as as people who are a native to some country whatever country it might be. Our responsibility is to identify the strengths and the weaknesses of our own cultural upbringing. Okay, now you you might have a very distinct ethnicity or you might have a really watered down ethnicity. Like I kind of feel for me, like my, my ethnicity is pretty diluted. Like I, you know, I grew up Canadian, but then we ate Indian food at home. But then my parents never taught us the language because they wanted to use the language to like keep secrets from us. And, you know, like we just had these weird dynamics. Um, but then like all of my friends were white. And, um, and so we like got super into hockey and all that kind of stuff as Canadians do. So like I feel like my ethnicity is very diluted. But there are values and elements of both Indian and Canadian culture that, that resonate very deeply with who I am as a person. And that is the crux of culture. Culture has this way of defining who you are. And who you are is going to dictate how you live your life. And it's going to dictate how you get those needs for intimacy met. So I don't know if you saw exactly what I did there. But it's kind of bringing everything full circle. Because who you are 
will determine how you live your life. And so the interesting thing about uh, culture, you know, is that uh, like for me, I celebrate culture, as you can tell, like I'm very passionate about this um, because of, you know, my own upbringing. And of course, uh, all the people that I've worked with over the years, very passionate about it. But we have to be really careful that we do not wear our culture on our sleeve so much so that it is solely our identity. Now, allow me to uh, illustrate this with an example. Um, Indians are known for being a, a little bit frugal, to put it nicely. And so um, I could tell you stories like I had of a, an uncle who he went into a store one time and uh, the store was run by uh, a Middle Eastern family. It was a shoe store. And so they didn't know that, that my uncle had actually lived in the Middle East for 20 years. So he spoke the language. And so he went into a store and basically they, um, the girls behind the desk said to each other, oh, another Indian guy, watch, he's going to buy the cheapest shoe in the store. And so he went shopping, he heard what they said, and he decided to buy a really expensive shoe. Um, he kind of wanted to make a point and he actually had quite a bit of money as well. So he was able to do that. And when he went to the, the cash uh, to, to check out, he basically said to them, uh, not bad for an Indian, in their language. And they had this look of horror on their face like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry you heard that. Oh, they're so embarrassed and, um, you know, whatever. He was, he was super chill about it. But all is to say, that's just a random story. But Indians have this kind of reputation. So that is, um, that is an interesting thing to sort of wear as an identity like okay i'm an indian indians are frugal we're frugal people you'll you'll hear these kinds of statements made about cultures all the time oh germans they're very organized they're organized people you're a german you must be organized oh you're americans americans are very um i don't know i actually don't even know what people say exactly about americans but you know it's like we have all these different things and it's like oh you're you're from this ethnicity you're of this culture therefore this is how you are defined. This is, you must have these qualities, these attributes. And, and it's not just that we say these about other people, um, but we also say these things about ourselves. So it's like, well, I'm Indian, um, so I'm cheap. You know, that, that would be like something I have legitimately had to work through. Um, and and I, all of this is to say is like, your culture is going to have some beautiful strengths and it's going to have some questionable weaknesses and what we want to do is we want to actually separate our cultural identity from our kingdom identity. Because Philippians 3 verse 20 says that you and I, that we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heavenly places. In other words, you might be a citizen of the United States or of France or South Africa or the Netherlands or Canada. You might be a, a citizen of these countries. But first, on a spiritual front, you are a citizen of heaven. And that is where our cultural identity starts. Okay, it's not just another part of the puzzle here. It is the puzzle. It, it, it is literally the foundation of everything. We start as sons and daughters of the living God. People, people who are born, not, not of this world. We, we belong to a heavenly place. And that is our citizenship first. 
And what I've learned personally, you know, I have friends all around the world. I went to an international ministry school and had the privilege of just making friends with literally hundreds of people from different countries. I could go to just about any country and I would have somebody there that I could meet up with. Um, but then I've also just done my fair share of traveling. And like I said, I live in a very multicultural area. And what I've learned is that every single culture across the board, every single culture has beautiful elements that reflect the kingdom. Canadians are known as peacemakers. We're very peaceful people. And Matthew 5 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. So you have, um, you know, you have these kinds of, of overlaps between kingdom culture and then ethnic culture. Um, as another example, uh, while Indians maybe are, are cheap, Indians are also known for being very uh, entrepreneurial. So again, uh, entrepreneurial, creating opportunities, um, creating new services or products to, to better society. That, that's a very kingdom part of a culture. Uh, if you look at a lot of third world countries, or, or pardon me, that's not the right language, but if you look at uh, less developed countries, uh, like India, uh, like a lot of countries in Asia and South America and Africa, one thing you'll observe is that a lot of these nations are very communal uh, compared to Western cultures that are a lot more individualistic. And in my opinion, that communal part is a really beautiful aspect and it really reflects God's heart. It reflects the kingdom. And, and similarly, actually, Western cultures being more individually focused, there, there's some beauty in that as well and some parts of it that reflect the kingdom. And all of it is to say is, look, you can have whatever nationality you want, but understand that you're a citizen of heaven first. That is your primary culture. And our goal as we, as we develop as people and we step further into our identities in Christ is that we, we identify more with the kingdom of heaven than Canada, than Croatia, than Costa Rica, than Kazakhstan, or, or any other place on the planet. That is really the goal here. And so in honor of Canada Day, I just wanted to give a little nugget, a little pearl of wisdom here about how to really parse your culture, your cultural identity with your kingdom identity. And, you know, one of the things I've observed is actually in my upbringing, like some of the Indian values and some and, you know, just uh, parts of the culture, they're really messed up, like they're really dysfunctional. And if if my identity as is an Indian, you know, it's like, well, I'm just Indian, then I have to basically absorb the dysfunction and accept that this is just the way it is. But if I'm a citizen of heaven first, then it's like, well, I'm going to deal with the dysfunction here. We're, we're going to do something about this and work through it because my identity is not as an Indian anyway. It's not as a Canadian. It's just a, I'm a citizen of heaven. And, and this dysfunction here is misaligned with my spiritual identity. So that, that is kind of the, the difference that we're trying to draw here. And let me tell you, it's hard work. And the deeper your ethnic roots go, the harder it is to sort of parse them out and, you know, just really embrace your kingdom identity because uh, you're going to run into family dynamics, you know, like you maybe you identify there's something that your family does or something in the family that's just a little bit like, this is weird. We, we shouldn't be doing this. It's not healthy. It's kind of dysfunctional. 
And then so you, you try to mix it up. You try to do something more functional. Well, your family's going to be up in arms. Like, what are you doing? That's not how we do things. We don't, we don't talk about our feelings here or we don't do conflict resolution or, you know, whatever it is. We don't have, we don't have traditions. We don't have meals together or, you know, whatever it might be that you try to do. It, it is a challenging thing to, to kind of separate and detach and, and really fully embody that kingdom identity. But let me tell you, for your freedom, for your success in eliminating pornography and all sexual misbehavior from your life, it is essential. You have to get this identity piece right. And I, I wish there was another way around it because sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm just, um, I'm a broken record, just saying the same things over and over again. But there's very few things in this world that are more important than identity formation. And so we want to really make sure that as we grow in our identity, as we, as we find more security in ourselves, more confidence in the people God made us to be, that we are separating anything that would make our identity unstable or that would negatively contribute to it. And culture is one of those things. If your identity is culture alone, your identity is built on sinking sand. It's only a matter of time. It's okay for culture to contribute, but it must be founded. Your, your identity must solely or form, foremostly be founded on your spiritual identity, your, your heavenly citizenship. That's where everything starts. And what you'll see then is that as those things start to develop, as you start to dig, get dig, pardon me, as you start to dig deeper roots into your cultural identity, uh, your kingdom identity, what you're going to find is more stability and you're going to find a greater appreciation and a greater love for your culture, whatever it might be. So it, it's not that you, you like completely obliterate your cultural upbringing and you just deny it. It's not that at all. It's that as you embrace your kingdom identity, you learn to appreciate and value your cultural identity as well. So uh, that's my big encouragement to you today. It would, it would be to just thoroughly vet yourself and, and evaluate. Are there things I'm believing about myself that are actually anchored in my culture when they should be anchored in the kingdom? Uh, to go back to the cheap example, it's funny because I've actually heard Germans. I've heard Croatians. Uh, I've heard Argentinians. I've heard Indians and Pakistanis all say, yeah, we're just cheap. That's our culture. Yeah, Germans, uh, Germans are cheap. Indians, Indians, we're just cheap. That's just how it is. Yeah, Argentinians, we're just we're cheap people. That's just how it is. So it goes to show that actually sometimes these things we think are cultural are not cultural at all. And they're, they're true across the board. And, and so they, they're not really as specific to our culture as we think. And in some ways that might be an indicator that actually this may not have as much to do with culture as, as you might believe. So when you identify some of those things, it's all the more reason to dissociate with them, depart from them, and just find the truth. What, is, what does the word of God say about my cultural or my kingdom identity? What, what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven? And what does that look like in my day-to-day life? So two practical things that you can do. Number one, ask yourself, is there anything from my cultural upbringing that I need to dissociate from? Is there anything I need to eliminate or abandon? Okay, that's question number one. 
and, and you want to you wanna get really specific. Um, in, in other words, is it a mindset? Is it a practice? Is it a, an expectation? Is it maybe um, a way that relationships are handled or managed? What is it? And get really specific about it. And then number two, what does it look like to handle this area, the area from question one, as a citizen of heaven? What does it look like to handle this area as a citizen of heaven? You want to first identify the issue and then you want to ask yourself, what's it going to look like to do this correctly, to do this according to my spiritual identity, my kingdom identity? So uh, I hope this makes sense. Uh, as always, please feel free to submit questions. Uh, you guys know that I love, uh, I love hearing them and I love being able to answer them back. And I just want to encourage you guys, uh, your cultures are amazing. Whatever culture it is, um, I can guarantee you that it's brought tremendous value and tremendous strength to your life and to who you become today. And this is not uh, about anything else other than just simply refining its impact on your overall identity formation. And for those of you Canadians out there, hey, an extra ha- an, uh, a happy Canada day to you. Um, have a beer for me or, you know, do something Canadian. Grow out your beard, throw an axe, uh, wear some plaid in my honor and in honor of Canadians around the world. Hey, happy Canada Day, guys. Uh, have an amazing day. I hope this podcast has helped you lead your life with integrity and confidence. And I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.